Welcome to the Libertarian Tex-Mex Podcast with your host, Cesar Aguirre. Hey everybody, welcome to the Libertarian Tex-Mex Podcast. I'm your host, Cesar Aguirre. Uh, we are officially getting into coronavirus country, I would say. <laughs> uh, hopefully everybody out there is healthy and doing well so far. Um, totally different situation from the last time I was voxering about the coronavirus outbreak. Um, or the coronavirus cases in China, I believe we were talking about last time. But um, I think everybody is on alert. Um coronavirus cases are slowly, not even slowly, they're rapidly increasing um, as we go by, um, which I think a lot of people would kind of at the base level argue it's kind of normal for a flu season, right? Flu, A flu-type disease or virus um, gets spread pretty quickly, um, and it's kind of our normal season. But I think... I think the some of the arguments that I've heard, and more specifically from you know a friend of mine who's in the medical industry, who changed my mind a little bit more about taking this seriously earlier, um, you know, basically making a good mathematical case on how just more dangerous the coronavirus is compared to a normal flu. So I think if you look at the total number of people who get the flu. Um, on a you know on an annual basis and recover, um, it's a lot greater for the normal a normal flu right, and even if you see people who get the flu and and die, um, those cases are, are much much smaller. We're talking in you know 0.01 percent of people who get the flu will die from complications. What we're looking at right now is a far greater factor of people dying from coronavirus um, it's much more aggressive um, it's spreading a lot faster and we're seeing a greater rate of mortality a greater of death that we see on coronavirus cases than what we normally see in normal flus and I think that's where I realized that I need to take this more seriously was a the rate of the mortality rate is a lot higher um, that in itself should put you know put you on alert but then on top of that I think the, uh, the other arguments of the idea that we don't have a vaccine we don't exactly understand what is the factor that's making this so aggressive um, I think there's a lot of unknowns and so why, while we're figuring all that out, people are dying. And I think that is, I think that in itself takes, uh, gives us a moment to reflect and realize, okay, we, maybe we need to put some more attention on this. Um, <clears throat> and so a lot of people are taking measures. I think 
um, you know, the federal government obviously um, was taking a bit more of a hands-off approach, which I think maybe for a libertarian, you're probably saying, okay, that's what they should be doing. Um, you know, there's good debates on one way or the other. But I think more importantly, I think the local level, you see more um, interaction, more engagement with taking action on what to do. Um, and I think probably that's where it sits best, right? In terms of knowing what your local community needs or doesn't need, um, taking the actions at the local level, and then um, you know using the state and federal resources as a support system versus the main system. So I think in, in its way, it's, it's working the way it normally should. I do know there's some good arguments about whether you know there should be kind of a federal regulation, federal mandate right away, you know, like a nationwide lockdown. Um, and you know, as much as I feel like an, a libertarian response would be to say no, I do understand the merits and I do understand the urgency to do that, um, and it makes it a very hard case to say no, right? As libertarians, we want to say, hey, let local level politics deal with this, um, you know, maybe show some support. Um, and I think that's what we're doing right now. Um, but, um, you know, some people have a case of, of maybe this is the level of federal involvement, or maybe this is a time where the federal government should take precedent, right? Um, should take the lead. And, uh, I, you know, I have a hard time saying no to that as a libertarian, right? And I, this is an interesting argument I always have with friends of mine who are maybe progressively left or, you know, alt-right, um, both which seem very, very comfortable flexing the regulation federal government mandate versus, you know, leaning on local and state politics or state governments. But anyways... Um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, friends who think the libertarian response is to not do anything or to be hands off or that we don't need government for anything. And, you know, I always tell people that, you know, libertarianism is a bit of a spectrum, right? You have different ways in believing libertarianism because I think ultimately libertarianism is a fundamental idea of individual freedom, right, at the maximal level, the, the the most that we can, you know, letting people marry who they want to, letting people live the lives that they want to, letting people marry who they want to, letting people doing what they want to their bodies that they want to, as long as they're not harming anybody else, right, the non-aggression principle. Um, and I think within that boundaries, you have a, a developing government body that should be protecting those individual rights but also understands where its place is in A, protecting those rights, but B, also protecting its citizens. And I think that's where you have a great area of, you know, border security, the military, um, you know, disease control, things like that. And, you know, how do you walk that fine line between, you know, mandates and regulations versus letting people live their lives normally and I think for I think for now for sure so far 
I think we've done very well transitioning from volunteerism to, um, you know, area mandates. And I think we've, I, I think, I, I speak for myself coming, you know, living in the city of Houston, I've seen the mayor and and uh, and the judge, Alina Hidalgo, start to move in that direction where they didn't opt right away to shut everybody down, right? They gave us this period of kind of volunteerism to say, hey, we suggest you stay home. You know, we suggest you not go out. Um, we suggest you do these things. Um, and then we waited, you know, a week or two. We realized that the, the, the rate of infection was not slowing down. So they said, okay, now we're going to do, um, you know, um, essential versus non-essential employees, shelter in place now. And they did so in a gradual way, and I felt like it was, I think from a libertarian perspective, was done at least with the idea of let's give people a choice first, and, and let's see what happens there. And if they're still not making the right choices, okay, let's let's go ahead and, and intervene. And I think maybe from a libertarian perspective, I think that's okay. You know, I think I think we we definitely have our individual rights and our individual freedoms. But I think the gray area for libertarians is that moment where you be where you engage in in the public, right? In the public domain, the public sphere. Um, once you go out and go out and engage other people, you're infecting them. So you know, you are kind of infringing upon other somebody else's rights. Um, so you know, there is that area of okay, now we're infringing on other people's rights, getting them sick. Um, can we do something about it? And I think that's where government does have a role to play, um, and in mediating how the public engages with each other. Um, but then again, you always have always have a downside always have a dark side to one one way or another um and so how do you balance those things out you know is does the government have the right to claim everything as a public domain that's where you get things like you know communism socialism you know where they're starting to actively take over spaces that may not be theirs so i think i think we're very good at being mindful of those things um and not going too far. Um, does that come at a cost? Is the question of people dying, and I think it's a really important question for us to understand. I'm not going to pretend I have the answer or I know what what is going to be the right answer. I think um, no matter what we decide, I think there's going to be consequences. So um, I'm not going to sit here and. and blame anybody or, or think one decision is better than the other um, for now right let's let's see how this goes let's find some ways to cooperate um, and let's try to still make sure that we um, still value our individual rights our individual property making sure we take care of ourselves we take care of the people that we live with um, and try not to encroach or infringe upon anyone else's health or anyone else's um, you know space so to speak and let's use that as a as the lens now you could take this in several different ways as a libertarian right and we're and this is something we have to talk about with our friends who maybe don't really understand what libertarianism means i think a lot of times they just very kind of off the cuff 
say it means no government, you know. Um, even the, the idea of limited government, right? What does that mean, um, you know, in, in this context? So is it no government? Is it limited government? Is it efficient government? Um, what does that mean? And I think that's always a spectrum with libertarians, right? Because you have, I think, what a lot of friends or maybe kind of mainstream Democrats or Republicans don't understand is the broad spectrum that libertarians live in, right? You have anarcho-capitalists who believe in absolutely no laws and no rules, um, and they just want complete volunteerism where people opt into, you know, a community or opt in for security, things like that, you know, so they don't want to be completely forced into anything. Uh, but then you have maybe something like a mini-archist who wants a, a limited government. So maybe you do have a skeletal government that has certain vital functions. And what do the, those vital functions look like? Is the CDC, is, um, you know, uh, a stay-at-home shelter thing, are those within the skeletal framework of when a government should intervene? And there's a lot of good arguments for that as well. And then you have what I would say is more a little bit more of a, a mainstream libertarian party um, person who is not really arguing for limited government but is arguing for a government that is focused on individual rights um, giving people the option to volunteer into things giving the free market the option to find solutions before stepping in and um, coming out with mandates or whatever so I kind of you know uh, I see a scale for sure because even in that space, you have public-private partnerships. You have uh, maybe some uh, public domain regulations, that type of thing. So um, you don't really have, in the space of libertarianism, you don't really have <clears throat> one way of thinking. You have multiple ways of thinking. Um, and this is where kind of libertarians get in trouble because they argue with each other within those frameworks but I think ultimately libertarians on the understand the idea that we want as much freedom for the individual as possible and freedom when we mean by like the life choices that you make the people that you marry right the, the drugs you want to put in your body um, basically if you're living a normal life and you just want to live your life the way you want to that nobody it, no government is infringing upon it um, but I think we all libertarians understand the moment that we start engaging with other people's freedoms, other people's liberties, that's where we have the gray area of how should that be regulated, how should that be adjudicated, um, and that's where you have some nuances and some differences. But you also have some ways of getting in with the regular conversation to understand, okay, you know, our state, our city county and state they're working at different levels so the state and county is working on direct action putting you know uh, stay-at-home shelters in place telling people that they can't leave um, maybe um, using p police or law enforcement to keep people from leaving um, you also have them working with hospitals and local businesses to make sure that they can stay supplied and helped with whatever's going on then you have the county and state level that are trying to give you more uh, solid guidelines across the state 
maybe some financial support to those local areas that are being affected. And then you have maybe the federal level at which you are seeing maybe broader guidelines, broader, broader data from the CDC telling you what it looks like, what we need to do at the state level, um, perhaps providing federal uh, assistance, um, but also working at that larger level, maybe even with, with larger businesses to say, you know, you know, talking about supply, um, talking about ways to um, bring products to the markets faster. It's a lot of different things. And I think there's no one cookie cutter answer, uh, especially as libertarians, there is no one cookie cutter answer for libertarianism. And so don't feel like you're pigeonholed um, during this crisis that you have to believe that there should be no stay at home shelter or staying at home or anything like that. We know that safety is a priority for everybody. So, I, you know, I always say don't let politics get in the way of logic, right? Um, if you know you're in danger, if you know you're in an area with a lot of people with coronavirus, put your politics for aside and take care of yourself and your family and make the best decision for yourself. That's really what everybody should be doing, okay? Uh, and then the politics get in, that's fine. We can totally talk about which are the best options and maybe we should stay in those discussions but i think at the end of the day you know one of the most important things is that we try to get out of here out of this as with the least amount of hurt as possible and there's even on talks on the other side of economics you know the economic impact of this of doing the stay-at-home shelters doing the federally mandated you know uh, working from home essential employees everything like that and a lot of people losing their jobs because of that so how does the market react? How does the government react? Now these are obviously great questions that libertarians do talk about quite a bit. You know, when the government interferes in the market, what are the consequences? And I think we're seeing that right now, right? The government at all levels is interfering with the market, good or bad, um, and there's going to be financial impacts to that. Um, you know, if you take, if you see, you know, your local markets of any, you know, customer service or, um, you know, the restaurant industry or the food industry or any industry that has face-to-face -face interaction is completely dead in the water right now. Um, so it brings a lot of questions about, you know, what, how much is the government impacting the economy, good or bad? And then, if so, a lot of people are arguing, well, if this is because of a federal mandate, then the consequences and the cost should be put on the federal government, which I think if you follow this logic is, is saying, okay, I mean, I guess you're right, compensation, right, for taking property or job away, um, but what are the consequences long term, you know? And so we look at something like the federal stimulus that's coming up. Um, you know, trillion dollar stimulus package, putting adding more debt onto the taxpayer, but taxpayers get a cut, businesses get a cut, um, and how long will that sustain us until we need to get back to work? You know, how long can we stay in shelter until everybody needs to get back to their work? And then what happens when that happens? Um, a lot of questions that I think we really need to think about. 
and whether we make the decisions or not, we really need to make sure we uh, we all understand that there are consequences to whatever we do, you know. And I think plenty of people like myself are fortunate that we'll be able to work from home and kind of weather the storm, and including my wife, um, who's a teacher, so she'll be, you know, she'll be at least having a job um, through the semester. Um, regardless of whether they have school or not, she's actually teaching online, so they're keeping her on. But I know there's plenty of people out there who are going to lose their jobs, um, and the jobs are being shed pretty quickly. Um, and we, and I think us as libertarians, um, classical liberals, anybody with some economic wherewithal understands that this was kind of um, always a question in our minds about the jobs numbers that we're reporting were these real solid jobs were these you know jobs that are going to be sustainable going into a five ten year plan um, and and it looks like a lot of those jobs were not you know they were very very flimsy very uh, extra you know you would say and now we're going into core necessity and a lot of people are shedding their jobs unfortunately I wish I wish there was better sustainability in the economy but if we are continuing to inflate the economy with um, you know with 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 currency with um, digital currency or money we could say I'm sorry you can say digital currency but uh, printing more money uh, flushing the economy flushing interest rates out um, there's going to be even longer term consequences than just unemployment and a downturn in the economy we're going to be facing longer consequences, right? Um, the devaluation of the U.S. dollar, the devaluation of your 401k, um, of your savings. Uh, the, the value the dollar brings, you know, is going to be liquidated. And I think long term that is harder to get back than it is going on a downturn into an economic depression and getting back out of it. But I think as humans, we understand that we have sympathy for people who are out of jobs, for family members, for people suffering. So it's not a, a, a black and white issue. It's a lot of gray. And I think we, again, just need to understand the consequences and understand the impacts of what's going to happen. I think personally, no matter what happens, we're going to come out. There's going to be consequences, right? There's going to be a cost to pay no matter what we do. So what cost are we willing to take? Um, that's a good question for everybody. So I'm going to wrap this up. Just wanted to say hey to everybody. But uh, I'm sure everybody's sitting at home um, waiting and hoping that everything um, can kind of um, wash over and we can get back to normal life. But I think on one way, I think we are um, completely in a different world now, you know, a different view of what's important, what's necessity. Um, what are our values in life? Things that I think even libertarians um, libertarians have been looking at, you know, valuing their independence, valuing their ability to live the life that they choose and protect their families, right? To say the things they want to say, to practice the religions that you want to practice, um, to not be impeded by government, um, you know, beaten down by the man so to speak but I think right now we are looking at a good partnership with you know government 
individuals, businesses. I think we're all trying to work together, and I think this is definitely a picture we haven't seen in a long time. You know, Democrats and Republicans working together, state and federal working together, individuals and businesses working together. It is a definitely a one mind, one community feeling, and um, I hope hopefully it produces a, a good result. Otherwise, I think we're going to be in trouble. But I think for sure we've got a, an awakening as a society about what matters most. We look at the the blue-collar jobs that are staying sustainable, right? The refinery staying open, the truckers going out, um, you know, maintenance workers, um, all those things that I think even you know some of the new generations kind of took for granted. Medical, right? Doctors, nurses. Um, all those people are vital, vital to our survival, survivability. Um, and I think, and I hope that the younger kids who are coming up now, I think hopefully they see this experience and go, you know what? I don't want to be left in the wind. I don't want to have a, a flimsy job that could be gone in the next day, right? Um, maybe I do need one of those core jobs, right? An engineer, a doctor, a truck driver. A maintenance worker, whatever it is, those jobs that you need for sure. If everybody goes down, if the economy goes down, you still need these people, right? Supply chain, whatever it is. I think those, hopefully, those core jobs, people remember that, and and when they go to school, they go and get those degrees, not just not just a degree that's nice and cool to have, but something that you could say, this is needed in society, right? this job, this nursing job, this doctor, this engineer, this whatever, we need these in tough times, and we need to step it up. I think that'd be great. Um, and I think we're, we are definitely going to be changing the way we view things as a society, as an, as an economy. But I think even on the other side, the new age, the new digital economy, I think we're all online, we're all um, on the internet, podcasting, apps, content is also a huge sector of what everybody's doing right now so there's also room for the new right um and i think um i think after this hopefully everybody realizes how important our technology is um how learning to add content and contribute you know to the to technology and to the world wide web to the internet is just as important as a core job um, because these things are important um, and they are keeping us all insane and floating and, and alive um, while we wait so there's room in the economy for everything you know and finding out where you are and where you belong and that takes a lifelong journey so just remember that you know find a job that you become vital find a job where you can contribute and i guarantee you that in when times are tough you will be needed um but always always make sure that you're in a position to help to um, contribute you know um and i think going forward that will pay itself back so Anyways, so um, we are just getting into coronavirus country right now. I think we're just getting into the peak. You know, looking at the Houston area cases, we are uh, right under 1,800. 1,800 cases in the Houston area. 
23 deaths and 179 recovered. Looking at the United States, we are up to just right under 240,000 cases. Um, I don't know what the confirmed deaths are total. I'm not seeing it. Oh, 5,443 um, of those 239,000. And then globally, we're looking at 976,000 with 50,000 confirmed deaths. And I think something, again, to be um, vigilant about is the fact that these ratios of people who get coronavirus versus the people that die from coronavirus versus a regular flu, even the older, you know, swine flu from, you know, couple, you know, several years before, the death rate is not as high as it is right now. So be very careful when you're out there. Don't take these things for granted. But again, look at the information, read in all the different places you can, understand what people are saying, understand what professionals are saying, right? Medical doctors, state government, you know, businesses, data, follow the information and let the information guide you to where you need to make a decision. As a libertarian, yes, I love the foundation and the fundamentals of libertarian, that the individual is key. Um, but also don't let politics get in the way of your logic, right? Data-driven decision-making. That's a famous phrase I remember um, in, at Texas A&M from a, a research group that I was in. But for sure, use look at the data, read it, understand the ratios, understand the math behind these metrics, and then make your decision off that. If you can fit your politics in that, great, even better. Um, but don't let politics put you in one position. Be flexible. Be logical, you know. Uh, and then also be human, right? Help other people. Have some um, sympathy. Have some compassion for other people. Um, and understand why people are taking the actions that they do. And hopefully they take care of themselves and the people around them. So anyways, I'm going to wrap this up. We're just at 30 minutes. But I just wanted to do a shout out real quick and say, hey, welcome. We're going into coronavirus country. We're still going to be posting some content. Um, we are kind of playing with some video conference apps, and we may do a, re uh, a recording of one. Um, so we're actually thinking about doing maybe a, a recording one, putting it on YouTube, stripping the audio, and putting it in for podcasts. So this actually may help us expand out into doing a live stream or a video podcast that we can also take the audio and put into a regular audio podcast. So we may play with this while we're here um, and come out different than before. So anyways, everybody take care of yourselves out there. Take care of your friends and family. Take care of your loved ones. Please mind the policies of social distancing. That, well, I really call it physical distancing, right? Stay away from others. Stay at home as much as possible. Only leave the house when you have to. And when you do, you know, the guidelines are changing, right? Now they're saying wear a mask, even if you don't, even if you don't have it. You may, may carry it. Wear a mask. Wear some gloves. Spray things down, right? Uh, hand sanitizer, right? Soap. Wash everything down. Clean everything down. Be very meticulous about cleanliness and you know interacting with other people keep your distance 
guard yourself stay on your guard because I think things are not over yet so take care of yourself think about yourself think about the people around you um, and let's get out of this as as best as we can all right see you soon